Good morning, MRCC. You know, today is a holiday. It's Nevada Day, so happy Nevada Day to you. Can we spend this day and approach His throne of grace and surrender? We lift up the name of Jesus in this place. We offer our whole hearts. I was buried beneath my shame. Yes, God, who could carry that kind of a weight? It was my Till I That's right. I was breathing, but not alive. I need you, Lord. You saw my fears. I tried to
Oh, yeah. 
every battle, Lord. I believe you are every mountain high, every valley, Lord. I believe you are. One more time, would you tell them from your heart this morning? Lord, I believe you are. Thank you, Jesus. starts to break in you there is power Lord declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus yes we sing your name
Cause I just want to speak the name of Jesus yes. Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus Yes, I speak Jesus yes. How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name Into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows Of my soul is finished. The end is real. We declare this today. It's Jesus Christ, my living hope. Is that who you are? Jesus, Jesus, yours is the victory. 
Father, we thank you for your grace. As your church, let us turn our eyes to this risen one. We behold our victorious King. Father, we thank you for your word. We do as it says in 1 Peter, where it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Church, we lift up worship as we consider his unique and matchless identity. We joyfully cling to the hope of his triumph until we see his face. You see, this is our confidence. This is our hope. It's not an intellectual hope. It's not an emotional hope. But it is a living hope because Jesus actually did it and is alive forevermore. So God, we cling. We pour out our worship before you. Most holy one, most worthy one. It's time to be anointed before you, God. We thank you that you create a place where we commune with you face to face. We lift up our hearts to you. We lift up our worship to you. And we will continue to be your church. And as long as we do that, we promise to praise your name to the end of our days. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. Welcome to God's house this morning. Let's welcome each other as family in this place. And would you turn to those around you and make them feel welcome this morning. It's on now. Good morning. It is a normal Sunday here. Unless you are a sinner like Pastor Weston, then it is Nevada Day. And we say Nevada because it's actually Nevada, and we just like to mess with him. I got you. My name is Tyler. I am on staff here at MRCC, and I get the privilege to uh, deliver some announcements today. Coming up this week is... Our next night of worship is going to be Friday night at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. It's a time to connect with your community and just uh, dive into a time of worship. If you were at the last one, you will know that it was an amazing time, and we're hoping to have more. Coming up tomorrow is Sisters of Strength. The uh, ladies of MRCC, you all are more than welcome. It's just a time to uh, have some fellowship with fellow ladies. And uh, also, um, we're going to have a nice meal. Um, I believe there is, like, steak involved. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Tacos. It, it was steak at one point. But uh, tomorrow specifically, the gentlemen are going to be cooking for you, uh, which is awesome. So that means all ladies here could come and no one has to be left out. Next Monday, the 8th, 
is Band of Brothers. So it's guys all coming together, whoever is in charge of the menu for that. I request steak. If you can make that happen, that would be wonderful. I would really appreciate that. All right. Uh, next Sunday through the 14th, so you have one week, is the final time that we can turn in our Operation Christmas Child boxes. Uh, we ordered over 500 this year, and whatever you see out there are the last that are available. Uh, what an opportunity to uh, just bless a child throughout the world. So if you can grab a box on your way out, you have one week to turn that in. And then our final announcement it is the most wonderful time of the year. And you're like, Tyler, what are you talking about? Your birthday was in August. Let me help you. Daylight savings is next week. So that means we get to sleep another hour, and I am totally here for it, and I am excited. I'm also excited for today's message. I was giving Pastor Darius a hard time because he had the perfect opportunity to come out with uh, a message titled, like, Unmasking Your Faith or Take Your Mask Off. But he chose Glowing Up, which is still a great message. So here's Pastor Darius. Good morning. Um, we're going to go to the book of Exodus this morning. We're going to look at chapter 34. I'm really excited. Uh, my name is Darius. I'm one of the pastors here at Mount Rainier Christian Center. Love being here. I lead a uh, young adults group on Sunday night. Some phenomenal, phenomenal people in that group, and we're excited. God's been moving in that group, actually, and just doing cool stuff. A few weeks ago, uh, we were just, like, literally sitting around in this room in a circle. It was 20 of us or so, and we, without, a, without music or a piano player or anything, we just started having an altar call at the end of our group and praying for healing in people, and kids were responding. People were responding, and uh, it was beautiful. And so, anyway, uh, I'm excited about that specifically that's going on right now, uh, but, man, I'm excited because we have a church that is packed full of people that need Jesus. Somebody say amen. So uh, Exodus chapter 34, go ahead and turn there. Uh, I want to talk this morning about glowing. And there's this phrase that young people have coined, and I'm not a young people anymore. Uh, I am in my 30s, so I feel super out of date whenever I talk to like teenagers, college kids, uh, anybody under... 29, I just put myself in a new category. It was like, I don't want to be with you anymore. So anyway, there's this term called glowing up. And the, the term glowing up is like growing up, but it's when you look better now than you did before. That's a glow up. Is when you look good now and you look back at yourself and you looked worse then. Uh, I want to talk about a guy named Moses this morning who has a glow up in the presence of God. He glows up, he grows and glows because of the time he spends in God's presence. Uh, to illustrate that, I have from Pastor Tyler uh, a few gifts that I would like to give you up on the screen really quick, if you would turn your attention there. One, that is a wannabe, wannabe model, Darius, from when he was like 17, uh, don't clap. Don't clap for that. Believe me. Uh, next, <laughs> that is Pastor Allison. Not the baby, the woman. Um, that is, that is, I can only imagine that that is the leader of a David Bowie tribute band. That's Pastor Weston. <laughs> that's, that's our pastoral care and connections pastor, Pastor Dave, uh, also known as... Davey Crockett. So, 
Next. That's Pastor Tyler. And if you've wondered, like, why he always has a beard, that's your answer. That's, but look, Pastor Josh looking like a little hunk. Lots of hair and everything. That's Pastor Brent. <laughs> if you just can just imagine homeschool kid. That's him. That's him. Next. That's Pastor Janae. I don't even know when this is from. She looks exactly the same. However, she does have J-Lo hair, which we like. Uh, next. Uh, that, if you can't tell, that 14-year-old there is Pastor Greg. So I don't know what year they got married in the 80s or something, but apparently you didn't have to be a legal adult to get married or have been through puberty. So like, that's how we've changed. That's how we've changed. I think that's the last one, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm, um, so sometimes, I don't know, you have to decide for yourself, but glowing up is when you look better now than you did before. I want to talk about how Moses has this moment with God because Moses enters and encounters the presence of God in Exodus chapter 33 and 34. And something fundamentally changes in Moses when he's in the presence of God. And I just want to encourage you this morning, if, there, if you need a change in your life, the presence of God is where you need to be today. If there are things that are not going your way, the presence of God is the catalyst for the life change that you need. If you're far from God and you came in far from God this morning, the catalyst for nearness to God is drawing near to God. The thing that will make you encouraged, the thing that will re-identify you, the thing that will bring healing in your marriage, in your body, in your soul, in your family, in relationships, in old wounds, in new wounds and sins and personal problems and addictions, the thing that changes everything is the presence of the living God today. And so I just want to talk about that this morning because that is what happens with Moses. And it's what, oh, it's not just what happens with Moses. It is what happens with Moses. And it's what God wants to do in my life. Now, you don't have to want anything that I have to say today. This message is for me. It's mine. But this is what God wants to do in me today. And my, my prayer is that, that he would spark something in you as well. Exodus chapter 34, we're talking about glowing. Chapter, 20, or chapter 34, verses 29, 30, and 31. If you don't mind, I'm going to read them. If you've got your Bible, you can go there. Exodus is the second book of the Bible. It means exit this. Starting in verse 29, here's what it says. It says, when Moses came down... From Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hands. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. It's a big but here. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. My wife makes fun of me and always tells me not to stop when I'm in the middle of reading the scripture. So I read it all the way through. But when I am preaching and I read scripture, it is so hard not to stop 
and just preach a brand new message in the middle of the scripture because God's word is so good. There's so much here for us today, and I just want to pray, and uh, I really genuinely want to do this. In church, we have so many great opportunities uh, to hear from preachers because a preacher hopefully can help us understand the word of God better. And I am convicted oftentimes because what we need this morning is not my voice, but it is the voice of our Father and our Savior and our friend. And so I just want to pray and invite that this morning. Is that okay? God, I don't want to hear from me this morning. I want to encounter you. I don't want to hear a word that I have to say this morning, but God, I want to hear from you and not just hear from you, God, but God, like Moses, I want to encounter your presence in such a way that my face changes. And God, like with Moses this morning, we might be changing right now and we might not even realize it. Oh God, <laughs> encourage people this morning. People, as I'm praying, if you came in here with a need today, can I tell you that the presence of God is the food bank for your soul where you go to receive? If you came in with a hurt this morning, can I just pray this over you, that the God of the church, the God of creation, like Ephesians 3 20 says he will do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask or think. Heal more than you can ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. If you came in discouraged today, if you're a young person, you're a young woman, a young man, and you came in with an identity crisis today, struggling because you constantly are comparing yourself to other people and you're feeling like you've loss. You're feeling like you can't measure up. You're feeling like you're never going to be enough. Well, let me just encourage you this morning. There's enough. You're enough in the presence of God because God's enough for you. This morning, God, we just invite that right now. Jesus, Savior, Father, Counselor, King, we want everything that you have for us this morning. And in Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? Thank you to that somebody. This morning, I believe that God wants to spend time with us. And as God spends time with us, I believe that God wants to transform us from the inside out. Uh, the first thing that we see from Moses in verse 29 is this. Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hands. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Key word, he had spoken with the Lord. As you draw near to God, you can hear God's voice. God's voice is heard in his presence. If you're wanting to take any note down this morning, you can write that down. God's voice is heard in his presence. God is so good because God is a surgeon by nature. A surgeon is someone who will enter and medically create change using surgical tools in your life. A surgeon is someone who will create change using surgical tools in your life. And God, by nature, is a surgeon. The tool that he uses is the, the healing and uh, the anesthesia of his spirit, 
to make you safe and able to be changed in the scalpel of his word. I don't, know, I don't know if anyone here has had plastic surgery. I've never had plastic surgery, but I did have braces when I was a kid, which is a cosmetic type of surgery. And, and, and when you do something like that, um, whether it's because so some people, they have cancer and, and it wrecks their body and there's something that they need uh, plastic surgery for afterwards, or some people, they just want to look different or trying to stretch their face back. And I, I'm not judging them, just this, it's all, you know, adult you can you can do that if you need to uh some people have plastic surgery because they're in an accident and they and in the it, plastic surgery is very cool and the people who do it are very impressive like any tool obviously it can be it can be used a plethora of ways but god is actually not in the business of plastic surgery he's not in the business of cosmetic surgery he's in the business of heart surgery God is in the business of opening up your chest cavity, reaching into your soul and fundamentally changing something about you so that it would produce change from the inside out. And God's voice is the catalyst and the instrument for that change. If you are in need of change today, come into the presence of God because as you come into the presence of God, you will be able to hear his voice. The closer you are to him, the better you can hear him. And the better you can hear him, the more he can heal and change you. Maybe you are broken, God's voice can heal you today. Maybe you have a hurt, God's voice can heal a wound today. Maybe you are discouraged, God's voice can bring encouragement today. Maybe you feel lost, God's voice can lead you and guide you today. Maybe you have been on the brink, God's voice can bring you back to safety today. Whatever it is, you are in need of today come to hear the voice of God and it will whisper and it will speak and it will heal and it will transform that is what the surgical the surgical voice of God does in a life I love um I love it when Pastor Weston goes on vacation because when Pastor Weston, he's our worship leader, he goes on vacation, they go to Disneyland. And just recently, like a month ago, he came back from Disneyland and uh, he came up to me and he said, hey, Darius, did you know I just got back from Disneyland? And I was like, yes, you talked about it for six months. <laughs> and he says, Darius, do you want, let me, can I tell you about my trip to Disneyland? Because he's a very nice friend and he wants to share. And on the inside, I say, no, I don't want to hear about your happiness. On the outside, my lips say, yeah, tell me all about it, buddy. <laughs> so he begins to talk to me, and he begins to tell me, and he begins to describe it to me. And he begins to, he begins to say, hey, do you want to see all the pictures of me being happy while you were here miserable? <laughs> I, the inside, I say, no, take your pictures and leave. But I love Wes, and he's my friend. So on the outside, somehow the words that come out are, yes, show me all the pictures. This literally happened. We sat here in the sanctuary one day, and he's just, and I'm happy here, and I'm happy here, and you're at work while I'm doing this, and I'm happy here, and I'm in the sunshine. And he's fundamentally changed. He's glowing. Literally, he has a tan because he's left the silky, beautiful, safe covering of the insulating clouds of Western Washington. And he's gone into the life-giving, Superman-creating sunshine of the tan-giving source of life we used to call the sun. 
and he's changing, he's different. And as I get close to Weston, I begin to be able to hear him tell me about his vacation. The closer you get to God, the more you're able to hear about what God can do and will do. When you're, when you're a child, if, if you have this experience uh, and you're a child and you're a, you have a father, you can put your father, your head down on your father's chest. You can't put your father down on your head's chest. That doesn't work. You can put your head down on your father's chest. And I used to do this when I was really little. And I would put my ear up to my dad's chest. And I would just lay there for minutes at a time listening to the... It was one of my favorite sounds. It's, it's, it was, you know, when you're little, you don't know why it sounds like that. You don't understand why or what's going on. You don't know the science behind it. And I just knew that, that like, there was like some kind of microphone on my dad's chest. And when I put my head to it, I could hear his heartbeat. If you want to know, there's so many people in, in different seasons of life, old, young, everything in between, that want to know, what does God want for me? What does God have for me? Have you ever prayed about a career decision? Or if you've ever prayed about... Uh, having kids, you've ever prayed about uh, something with your spouse, you've ever prayed about what you're supposed to do next, and you thought, God, I just wish I knew the answer. You know, the answer is in hearing the heartbeat of God. If you draw close and you put your head on the chest of God and you listen to his heartbeat, it will speak to you and it will comfort you and it will give you peace and it will give you rest. The voice of God is healing and changing and it's heard best in his presence. In John 10, 27, Jesus says this. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. The voice of God is the voice of a shepherd. The word spoke in uh, Exodus chapter 34, verse 31, the word spoke is the Hebrew word daber. And that word daber is a word that is used to describe the way a shepherd speaks to his flock. Moses came down from the mountain of God and spoke with the children of Israel. That's the voice of God that he wants us to hear. There's something beautiful also that happens when we hear the voice of God because, because the voice of God is transformative, the voice of God will change you. If you are hurt, it will bring you healing. If you are, again, lost, it will bring you to a place of finding. If you are searching, it will bring you to a place of discovery. The voice of God will and can change you. And the great thing is the voice of God doesn't care where you were. It only cares that you're hearing now and where you're going. The voice of God is not concerned with where you've been. You may have messed up. You may be completely wrecked right now. You may have been in a place where you never thought that God would care to hear from you or speak to you. Can I tell you that's a lie from the enemy. And today God wants to speak into your past and form your present and give you a future. Like Jeremiah 29, 11, a future and a hope, God says. That's what the voice of God gives us when we come close to hear it. The cool thing is that when we get in the presence of God's glory, it changes the narrative of our story. When you come into the presence of God's glory, it will begin to change your story and change your trajectory. And I want to encourage some people this. Before I move on from this voice thing into the next, next scripture, I want to encourage some people because I think some of us in this room would say that, that we don't feel like God is doing anything in our life. 
I don't feel like God is changing things. I don't feel like I'm any different or any better. I've been coming to church and I don't feel like things have shifted. Well, things feel like they've been stagnant in my marriage. Things feel like they've been stagnant in my faith or I'm still depressed or I'm still struggling with anxiety or I'm still sick or my kids are still far from me or, or, or any number of these things. I don't feel like anything has changed. Moses comes down from the mountain in Exodus chapter four, verse 29, and it says, Moses' face was radiant, but he did not know it. Your knowing what God is doing inside you is not the determining factor on whether or not God is healing and changing and transforming you from the inside out. And that's good news. Your perception does not determine God's reality. God's reality is higher and it is deeper. There is a heavenly and unseen realm and force working. And I want to encourage you right now. You might not feel like you are being changed, but if God's voice is speaking to you, you are being changed. So I, I want to invite you to see the reality that you might not feel today, that you might feel alone, but you are not. You might feel depressed, but God has joy for you. You might feel broken, but you are being sewn together. You might feel like a failure, but your father is making a success out of your story. You might feel like you are lost and done, but God is not done with you because his voice is still working. So I want to move on, but I, 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 when we get into the presence of God, bear our soul to God, there God begins to heal our soul with his voice. When we step into the unfiltered presence of God and just sit and spend time with him, maybe just sit in silence. It's so funny how hard it is sometimes to sit in silence for five minutes. If you're a mom and you have small children, I'm so sorry. You can do this in 10 years. <laughs> but to just sit and say, God, this is not a moment for Facebook. This is not a moment for texting. This is not a moment for the rest of my family. This is a moment, God, for me and you. The presence of God will begin to bring change, and it is. Oh, whether you feel it or know it or not, God's voice is changing us today. He's doing good stuff. Uh, the second thing that, that happens with Moses uh, is that God's presence makes him look weird. I want to encourage you this morning. As weird as you look already. Yuck, 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 yuck. God's presence. God's presence will make you look weird. In, in verse 30, it says this. It says, when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant. And they were afraid to come near him. He looked weird. He looked strange and he looked scary. But that same awe that struck them about Moses was the same thing that drew them to come hear the voice of God through Moses. You know, um, the, way that we, the way that we sometimes perceive the work of God or the things of God is not unlike the way that an 11-year-old boy sees girls. They're radiant, they're strange, they're mysterious, they're wonderful, and most importantly, they're terrifying. 
Women, if you do not realize this, we're scared of you. It's nothing that you did. It's not your fault. And if we act dumb and weird, eight times out of 10, I would guess, it's actually because we are terrified because we don't know what's going on inside your head. We don't know how to perceive it. You're smarter than us. You're better looking than us. You're better than us. Girls develop faster than boys in terms of uh, their tactile ability, in terms of their hand-eye coordination, in terms of their frontal, frontal lobe and frontal cortex development. From, from the age of puberty on, you become mysterious and strange and radiant, and we cannot help it. That's why we act weird around you. You see like a 50-year-old man being like, oh, I just thought maybe you want to go hang out. You've been married for 30 years, man. Buck up. We act strange around. And I remember when I was 15 years old, 16 years old, I uh, was trying to date my wife, who I'm now married to. And um, I never had a real girlfriend before. And I knew that there was no way that I was ever going to convince another person to date me. So that's why it's just been one the whole time. As I met, I was like, there's, not, there's, no, there's nowhere but down from here. So I'm just, I'm just going to make sure I keep this one. And so we're 16 years old, and we went to the theater, and we were supposed to be on a date, and we went with a group because I, I was like, strength in numbers, strength in numbers, safety in numbers. My wife's not scary. She's the least scary person you'd ever meet. But again, she's a girl. And we're sitting there, and we're in the movie theater, and I sat just next to her clutching like for dear life, the armrests of the, the seat in the movie theater just looked like I was on a roller coaster, eyes wide. I can hardly remember anything about the movie. And my wife sat next to me. Uh, I was on this side of her, actually. I lied in the last service. I said I was on this side of her. Anyway, I was, she was here, and I was here. And she sat the entire movie like this. Did I say that right? With her hand open towards me. That's what I'm saying. Just like. <sighs> Do you need it? Okay. And I just sat there and finally, like with like five minutes left of the movie, I went, I can do this. <laughs> and just put my sweaty hand on hers. It's terrifying. To this day, I will do weird things. I'll say no to opportunities to spend time with my wife. I will say yes to things that my wife wants to do because I love my wife, even if they're strange things. We went to Disneyland for our honeymoon. Now, in retrospect, I'm glad we did that. But at the time, I was like, we're going to a children's theme park for our honeymoon. And I didn't do it because I thought it was a good idea. I did it because I trusted my wife. And I was like, I'll just do whatever weird thing you say. God's presence in an encounter with God will make us do strange things. It will make us act different, and we'll look weird to the world. The way that we give as Christians does and always has looked strange to the world. Christians have always been, genuine Christians have always been the most generous and giving group of people. We give in ways that don't make sense. Christians will give when they are poor. They'll still give and be generous. It's, we just act weird. Christians will forgive when they should hold a grudge. We will. 
A, a Christian who genuinely is changed by God will have an encounter with someone that they should not forgive. Like by all human standards, you should just say, no, I'm never, ever, ever gonna let that go. And a Christian person will in a way that the world says that's stupid and foolish. And we say, if it's stupid and foolish, I don't care if it's what God has, I want it. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 15, uh, Moses is having this encounter with God, and this is while he's meeting with God up on the mountain. And God says, Moses, do you want me to go with you? And Moses says, God, I just want you to come with the people of Israel. And God says to Moses, are you sure you want me to come? Because you're a stiff-necked people, and I don't want my presence to be among you. Otherwise, I'm, you might die. And Moses says, God, if you are not going to go with us, then leave us here because we don't want to go anywhere that you're not going. Can I tell you something? The worst day in the presence of God is better than the best day in the world. It just is. Man, if, if, you, if you look strange and weird and you're doing strange and weird things, but you are with God, you are in the right place. And I want to encourage you again. I want to encourage you again. Because things that you cannot believe will change, will change in the presence of God. He will make you look different. If you are, if you are afraid, he will make you courageous in ways that you cannot imagine. If you are selfish, he will make you generous in ways that you cannot imagine. If you are in pain, he will make you healed in ways that you cannot imagine. Can I tell you, in my life, my wife and I have seen hurts and pains healed that we never imagined. There are things that my, that my wife was hurt when she was young, and there are ways that God has brought healing and peace on her that a doctor would say that's never gonna happen. Man, the fact that I preach and I'm a minister, look, if you looked at my life, you would say that's never going to happen. But we have a God who does things that make us look strange. In John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus makes a promise to his disciples. And he says, by this, the world will know that you are mine, that you love one another. By this, the world that you will know that you're mine, that you love one another. Time in the presence of God's refining will make love that is shining. Time in the presence of God's refining love will make shining love in and through us. Again, God changes from the inside out. And when Moses walks away from Mount Sinai and goes back to the people, they notice something is different. Can I tell you something? You might not even know it, but people notice that there is a difference on you. When you walk into a room at work, you, whether you realize it or not, if you've been in the presence of God, you bring a peace into that room. Sometimes, and I'll tell you this from personal experience, husbands, wives, when you are at the, the, your wit's end and you do not know what to do next to bring 
reconciliation in your marriage, if you walk into the corner or out of that room and you just get into the presence of God and you walk back into a room to find reconciliation with your spouse, there will be a palpable felt difference in the room because God will shine on you and things will begin to change. Make no mistake, when you Christians, when we walk into a place, the presence of God begins to change that place. Sometimes all we have to bring is our presence to this world because of the person that we have spent time with. Some of, some of us are wondering, well, but I've got this person in my life and I love them and I want their healing. What do I say to them? Spend time with Jesus. Worry about what you're going to say and hear from God first and the rest will take care of itself. But God... How, how do I improve the witness that I have in the world? Spend time in the presence. God, how do I get rid of this addiction? Maybe you have never said yes to Jesus before in your life, and today you're in this room saying, but God, how do I make a change? Don't. Spend time in the healing presence of God, and you will begin to look weird even to yourself. And the healing presence of God will begin to work in you and through you and people will begin to see it on you. And the third thing is this, is that God's presence will give you and me a voice. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 31, Moses has come down off the mountain. He's come down from Mount Sinai. And the people say, he looks scary. He's shining. He's glowing. It's the way I feel about Wes when he's been on vacation. He's tan which means he's going to try to show me pictures, so I'm going to keep my distance. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. And again, the word spoke here, in reference to Moses, is this Hebrew word daber, which means spoke as a shepherd, speaking caringly and kindly to his sheep. When I was, uh, when I was younger, I lived in Arkansas, and when I moved from Arkansas, and I moved here, people would say, man, you sound strange. And I would genuinely think, I am talking normal. I don't sound any different than you. Like, I, I can't tell the difference between my voice and your voice. And then I would hear myself later on from, like, a home video recording or something. And I would think, is that really how I sound? Because I'd be on there like, oh, hey, ma'am, why don't you pop a wheelie on that box? So it's going to be real good. Woo! Man, we're going to ride around all day. It's going to be great. After that, we're going to go uh, back to the kitchen. We're going to have some grits. It's going to be delicious. We're going to have some fried okra. Woo! And I literally sounded like a different person. Now you can't tell I'm Southern unless I start preaching really loud, and then it comes out just a little bit. What they do is they've done a study with children to find out why do children uh, have affectations, accents in their voice. And you know what they found is it has very little to do with the way that your family sounds. Very little to do with, with most kids. It's very little to do with the way, where your parents are from or what their, what their accent is. And you can meet someone uh, who has a really, really thick accent from somewhere and they'll have kids and their kids will sound, they'll sound like you and me. The reason is your voice sounds like whoever you spend the most time with. So, kids who are in school all day, they sound like their classmates. Even if they have an accent, my mom still sounds relatively Southern. I sound like 
the people that I went to school with. That's who I talk like. God's voice will begin to change your voice the more you spend time with him. Sometimes we're overthinking it. Oh, thy thou, good, merciful, and heavenly Father, may the glory of a thousand chariots shine upon thee. Sometimes we think like we have to sound different to people. Oh, well, in the goodness of God, I have bequeathed upon you today that I might share the testimony of my father with you. You know what? Sometimes we just overcomplicate it. When you spend time in the presence of God, you begin to sound like you love people. When you spend time in the presence of God, you begin to sound healed and different. You begin to view your brokenness different. You begin to be able to tell people, yes, this is how I'm broken. This is how I'm wrecked. This is what has happened to me. This is what I've done. And this is where I've been. And people begin to hear through you, but why are you not ruined by that? And you, you begin to be able to say, oh, well, it's just second nature to me because I've spent time in the presence of God and I know that I'm not defined by these things that have happened, but I'm now defined by the Father that saved me and loved me, by the Savior that died. I'm defined by the blood of Jesus that covers me. And we begin to sound different. The voice of God begins to come through us as we spend time in the presence of God. I want to encourage you. Your voice sounds different. You might not realize, there's a, there's a friend that I have here at, in the church, and he was in the military. He did several, uh, several combat tours in Afghanistan. And uh, he told me, he said, you know, I wasn't a believer when I was in the army, but I, went, I, was, uh, I worked with a guy in the army who he just talked different than everyone else. He said, in the, at the time, we, would make, we, would, we thought he sounded weird and dumb, because he didn't use the same kind of vulgar language we did. Now, I'm not here coming against you if you use vulgar language at work. That's, that's not my business. But what I'm saying is, he said, this guy talked different. And when it came time for us, when we were mourning one of our buddies that had, had died, been killed, and we were looking for answers, the guy that talked different, the people that talked different, they're the people that we went to because we knew there was something different about them. You don't realize how different you sound sometimes, but when you spent time in the presence of God, you do. I want to do something tonight, or I want to do something this morning. I'm so used to being a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for so long. To me, every sermon happens at night. The voice of God's people is marked by caring more than it is critiquing. God sent Moses back to talk to one of the most dysfunctional and frustrating groups of people, the Israelites. And what Moses said to them was, hey guys, I know we've messed up a lot. I know we've screwed up a lot, but God has promised to go with us. I just want to encourage you this morning. If you want to have a voice in the world that you live in, the voice of God's shepherd the voice of God's shepherding, the voice of God's caring, the voice of God's love for people is the voice that will change people. It's the voice of God. But what I want to do this morning is I want to just get out of the way for a minute and I just want to spend the next three minutes just in the presence of God. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to move. You can do whatever you like. But Pastor Weston's going to play guitar so I sound more spiritual. 
And I just want to spend three minutes just waiting in the presence of God. Now, obviously, you're, you're free to go. But my, my belief is this, is that if we would just wait on the presence of God, that he would begin to do things that you can't do from hearing me preach. That he would begin to do things that I can't do by speaking. So, God, we just invite your presence here in this moment. presence in this moment to change us we invite your voice to speak to us we invite you to make us look different God God we invite you to give us a voice I want to do a couple things before we're done here in this moment because something special happens, I think, that when, when we just wait on God to speak, I think God actually begins to, to speak. And I, I don't want to make anyone embarrassed or call anyone out, but I just feel like God is saying some specific things this morning. And he said some different things in the last service, totally different stuff. But I feel like, I feel like God is saying that there is a, and this might sound crazy, and I don't, I'm, you know, I could be interpreting this wrong. I'm just a person. But I feel like God is saying there's a mom in here and you are worried about a young child, like, a, like an infant that you have. There's a health concern or there's a safety concern. And you know, I'm not even just, I'm not even gonna ask you to respond. But I just feel like God's saying that there's a young mom in here, you've got, a, you've got an infant child and you've got a concern or a worry or there's a health issue. I'm just praying in Jesus' name right now that the presence of God would bring peace on you right now. That the presence of God would bring peace on you. That he's gonna bring healing, that he cares about your child more than you ever will. He cares about your child more than you ever could. He wants to encourage you that you're not parenting alone because he's the good and perfect father. God, we just thank you. We praise you this morning. I feel like God is saying this morning this, that there's a, there's a man in here and you're, you've, again, I'm not trying to make a theme here, but I just feel like, I feel like there's a, a man in here this morning and your, your father is sick or you're worried about your father, your, your dad. Is that somebody here? And if, if you don't mind, if that's you, would you just raise your hand and let me pray with you? Yeah, man. Anybody else? It could be more than one person. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, what's your name, brother? Justin? Hi, I'm Darius. Nice to meet you. Have we met before? I didn't think so. Okay. Um, if, you're, if you're a believer and you're around Justin, please don't uh, move, but can you just lift your hand out towards him? Uh, you've got Justin right behind you. He's one of my buddies, and uh, he is, he is uh, a very spiritual guy. 
and uh, the people around you are just going to lift their hand out towards you. We're just going to pray for your dad. I don't know what's going on, if he's sick or, or what's going on, but uh, we'll talk later. I just want to pray with you, Justin. I want to pray that God's peace is on you. Justin, God sees you today. He knew that you were going to be here this morning. He showed up this morning specifically to meet here with you, to encourage you. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. And sometimes God says yes, but later. I don't ever know what God's answer is going to be, but I do know that Jesus promises us that when we ask our Father that he is, he is prone and likely to do what a good father does and care for us. We have a good dad who's gonna care for you and your father. God, we pray for Justin right now. We pray for his earthly father. God, whatever it is that he needs healing in, we just pray right now that you would touch his body. God, we pray for Justin and his family. If he's married, we pray for his wife. If he's got kids, we pray for his children. God, that, that your peace would just fall on them, cover them and comfort them this morning. And we pray for his father, that God, you see him, you care for him, and you're not done with him. And God, we don't know what your answer is gonna be. When it comes to healing, we hold that with an open hand, but we do know that you are the God of miracles and the God that cares and sees. Thank you that you see us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I just feel like we need to do this. And <laughs> yeah, thank you. You can clap, that's good, yeah. Thank you, brother. Um, I just feel like God wants to do this this morning. Um, I know this is very generic. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to make it seem like this is something crazy. Um, so if it is generic, that's fine. But I just feel like there are, there is a, a wave of anxiety that I want to pray, pray against today. And I... I deal with anxiety. I've been I've talked to my counselor, my therapist about my anxiety. Uh, I deal with it every day, and I try to remember every day to say, "Jesus, take this. This is yours." Um, it doesn't mean you're less spiritual. It doesn't mean you're not a good Christian. It does mean that God wants to give you peace. Isaiah 26:3 says, "God, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you." But if that's you this morning, and there's anxiety. Maybe it's, you know, in the last service, there are a couple people that had anxiety specifically about losing their jobs. Um, whatever your anxiety is about this morning, I just want a chance to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come hug me, although you're more than welcome to. I like hugs. I, you can just sit in your seat. But if you wouldn't mind just putting a hand up so that we can pray with you this morning. And we're just praying that the same God who is in, you know, the, the disciples. I see your hands. You can put them down and we'll still pray for you. Um, thank you so much for responding. That's a huge, huge, huge thing. Jesus' disciples are on a boat with Jesus and they're out in the Sea of Galilee and there's a storm that happens and the disciples all think that they're gonna die and they wake up Jesus because he's in the boat and Jesus says, why are you worried? And he gets up and he looks at the storm and he says, be still. And the same Jesus that was in the boat with the disciples that day in the waves and the storm is in the wave of your anxiety. He's in your boat today. He's bringing peace today. And you're not alone because your Father is with you. So God, for every person, if you saw somebody put their hand up around you, just lift your hand out towards them. Don't touch them, but just lift your hand out towards them, please. 
for every person who's got a wave of anxiety in their life today. God, we thank you that you are the God that calms stormy seas. You are the God that is in the waves. You are the God that brings peace in the midst of turmoil. In Jesus' name, we pray for healing. We pray for rest. We pray for a good nap this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel like we can be done. Here's the, here's the prayer that we're going to pray today and then we're going to just dismiss. Praying that God, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, would bring us wholeness, hope, and healing today as we leave this place, not out of his presence, but with his presence in Jesus' name. Amen.